0: We've heard about St. Apathetics, we've heard about St. Actives and now we're going to hear about a church that was operating in the time of the New Testament, that of Laodicea. So this uh, this is uh, taken from Revelation chapter 3 verses 14 to the end and hopefully the message version will pop up. Write to Laodicea, to the angel of the church, God's yes, the faithful and accurate witness, the first of God's creation says, I know you inside and out and find little to my liking. You're not cold, you're not hot. Far better to be either cold or hot. You're stale. You're stagnant. You make me want to vomit. You brag. I'm rich. I've got it made. I need nothing from anyone. Oblivious that, in fact, you're a pitiful, blind beggar. Threadbare and homeless. Here's what I want you to do. Buy your gold from me, gold that's been through the refiner's fire, then you'll be rich. Buy your clothes from me, clothes designed in heaven. You've gone around half-naked long enough. And buy medicine for your eyes from me, so you can see, really see. The people I love I call to account, prod and correct and guide so that they'll live at their best. Up on your feet then, a bad face, run after God. Look at me, I stand at the door, I knock. If you hear me call and open the door, I'll come right in and sit down to supper with you. Conquerors will sit alongside me at the head table, Just as I, having conquered, took the place of honour at the side of my father. That's my gift to the conquerors. Are your ears awake? Listen. Listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. So, a third church to contemplate. This is one of the seven letters written by the Apostle John to Christians in what is now Western Turkey. And if we have the slide up, we might be able to see. There we go. There are all the seven churches and number seven is Laodicea. At the time of writing, John was being held prisoner by the Romans on the island of Patmos. You can see Patmos is uh, indicated there as well. John physically wrote the letter but Jesus was the author. So what was it like to live in Laodicea? Laodicea was in the Lysus River Valley through which busy east-west and north-south travel routes ran. It was just over 40 miles from Philadelphia, which you can see is number six. Laodicea has been called the ancient Wall Street of Asia Minor. It was the leading commercial city with large money transactions and a banking system. The Laodiceans minted their own money and it was used as a medium of exchange throughout the region. It was also known as a health resort because of the nearby hot springs. Located in the city was a medical school and it was known for its salve for ears and eyes. There were lots of beggars in the city, many of whom were blind. A five-mile aqueduct ran from the hot springs into the city and by the time the water reached Laodicea, it was lukewarm. It was famous for its black cloth, manufactured from the glossy black wool produced in the valley, said to be of a soft texture, almost like silk. The Laodiceans wore black garments with pride. Their wealth and health were important priorities to them. Laodicea was damaged by an earthquake in 17 AD and another stronger earthquake nearly destroyed it 43 years later. The Roman government offered to pay for rebuilding but the Laodiceans refused and paid for the restoration of the city themselves. This self-sufficiency made the city famous and admired throughout the Roman Empire. I want to draw out three points from this letter. First of all is lukewarmness. Not sure whether that is a word, but we've got it up there. Secondly, self-sufficiency. And the third one is Jesus is on the outside. So firstly, lukewarmness of the seven letters to the churches this is the only one with nothing good to say about the church their problem is not immorality or false teaching or idolatry or anything obvious like that their sin is more subtle their sin is lukewarmness by this jesus doesn't mean they are half-hearted which is what we probably think of first of all in terms of lukewarmness what jesus means is that they are indistinguishable from the world around them they have become useless even offensive to him jesus starts by saying that they are neither hot nor cold. But we should understand that he is not saying he would rather they were on fire for God or completely cold as Christians. That would be to misunderstand the context. You see, in the first century world, both hot and cold water were precious commodities. Actually, the same is true today. Don't know about you, but I've got a hot water and cold water taps in my house, and they're both pretty useful. I like hot showers, long hot showers, much too to Steve's dismay, and cold drinks, but I don't have a lukewarm tap. What use would that be? The problem was that, like the spring water, the church had taken on the ambient temperature of the world it had completely lost its christian distinctiveness and had absorbed the character of laodicean life around it and in doing so had become sickening to christ we know that the city of laodicea was very prosperous indeed they were self-made people self-reliant and proud And sadly the church had become exactly the same as we see from verse 17 you say I am rich I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing we see from the next part of verse 17 that the church had become so worldly in its thinking that it had actually had no clue at all about the spiritual reality of its position. They were just like the blind beggars who lined the streets. A lukewarm church is in danger. A lukewarm faith atmosphere in the church damages its witness and reputation more than Christians just turning away from the faith. A person who professes to be Christian yet fails to demonstrate it to others brings judgment and reproach, not primarily on himself or herself, but also on the church. It is better that he or she renounces his or her faith than to demonstrate to the world what might be called lip service, proclaiming one spiritual commitment while living another. A lukewarm church is not going to spread the gospel. They have little motivation. Sounds a bit like St. Apathetics, I think. They were not experiencing battles with Satan, such as persecution satan had left them alone because they were already doing his job for him without his intervention so what is the solution to being lukewarm in the letter jesus asks them to be in earnest or literally to be zealous they've got to forget about what the world is like and make themselves distinctive again Zealousness can be seen as a bit alien, can't it? It's a bit fanatical to be too committed, not quite British really, but zealousness is what we're called to. Zealousness is faith that affects our lives, where we live, where we work, whom we marry, how we bring up our children, what we watch on TV how we spend our money how we spend our time whom we vote for this is the difference between being hot or lukewarm this is the difference between being useful to Christ and being useless to him a zealous Christian is a Christian who stands out from the world No matter how much we struggle with the pressure to conform to our culture, the temptation of personal sin, wrong attitudes, anger, vengeful thoughts, etc. In verse 18 he says, Buy from me gold refined in the fire. That is, choose to be 100% committed. Conform to the truth and righteousness from him. Pursue holiness, rightness, truth, Christlikeness, rather than bending biblical principles to conform to the lifestyle we prefer. In other words, be like Him. So that's what we can do on an individual basis. Here are a few rhetorical questions for us as a church. Are we as a church lukewarm? Are we likes and apathetics? Are we as a body excited about Christ, so excited that we want to tell our local community about him, likes and actives? Are we truly committed to every initiative we embark upon? Do we happily fulfil our duties on the Sunday rotors? or do we forget when it's our turn with the attitude, well, it always gets done, somebody else will do it? Are we as a church distinguishable from those non-Christians around us? So, my second point is self-sufficiency. In the letter, Jesus picks out three distinctives of Laodicean life. First, they thought they were rich because they had lots of money and comfortable lives. But spiritually, they were poor. They had stored up no treasure in heaven none of their wealth would survive their deaths secondly they thought they could see but spiritually they were blind their eyes remained closed to jesus they had never seen the light they had never seen the truth thirdly they thought they were well clothed outwardly they were pretty well dressed but spiritually they were naked they have never clothed themselves with Christ superficially then the church was prosperous but the spiritual reality of it all was that they were wretched pitiful poor blind and naked the problem was that they relied on themselves rather than on Christ. They lived like everyone else in the culture, seeking self sufficiency, not God sufficiency. Self reliance, focused on wealth, the true source in their minds of comfort, peace, and happiness. That seems so familiar to us, doesn't it? How do we see this attitude in the Western church now? We see it in a Western culture that claims its Christian roots but disregards the Christian faith, a culture that, like the Laodiceans, often proclaims spiritual hyperbole while worshipping its wealth and its self-sufficiency, whereby, in large, many Christians may be known for their testimony of faith but live lives of selfish selfish indulgence not unlike their unsaved neighbours so what is the solution to being self-sufficient repent repentance is the antidote to self-sufficiency repentance is coming to god and saying to him i am wrong and you are right and then living our lives in the light of that fact it's so easy isn't it to begin to push jesus out of our lives in this culture we're so used to coping for ourselves that we rarely remember to come to jesus for what we need and I know I'm very guilty of doing that myself. Coming to Jesus ought to be second nature, whether in the world or in the church. And that is the real antidote to lukewarmness and the way to regain distinctiveness as repentance is the one thing the world does not do. Rather than letting the world infect our faith we should have faith that infects the world so as an as an individual the antidote to self-sufficiency is clear repent and rely on jesus rather than ourselves as a church we need to remember this too In all corporate things, we should seek his guidance and establish whether it it is his will or some wishful thinking on our part. We need to adhere to Christ's values rather than those of the 21st century. And as a result of their self-sufficiency and lukewarmness, Jesus was on the outside. The Laodiceans were missing something absolutely crucial. The sad reality is that this was effectively a church of unbelievers. They were practically atheists who took the name of Christ but had no room for Christ in their hearts or in the church. And we see that most clearly in verse 20. I stand at the door and knock, says Jesus. Where was Jesus in this church? He was outside the door. A church with no room for Jesus, no wonder they made him sick. They saw Jesus as a kind of social or religious affiliation perhaps, and not the one who died for their sins. This makes the cross irrelevant and severs the relationship with God. They no longer had a personal relationship with God. It's no wonder the letter was so condemning. Presumably, the church in Laodicea had been on fire for God when it was founded. It started out as distinctive, but slowly, It became just like the world around it and pushed Jesus out of the door. Is the church in the West in present times like this? Has it pushed Jesus out of the door? Here is an outsider's point of view. I'm quoting from The Heavenly Man by Brother Yun. Before I travelled to the West, I had absolutely no idea that so many churches were spiritually asleep. On some occasions, I've struggled while speaking in Western churches. There seems to be something missing that leaves me feeling terrible inside. Many meetings are cold and lack the fire and the presence of God that we have in China. In the West, many Christians have an abundance of material possessions, yet they live in a backslidden state. They have silver and gold, but they don't rise up and walk in Jesus' name. Now Brother Yun is a rather controversial figure, but if we accept what he says, then it sounds very much like these churches had also pushed Jesus out of the door. We have to be very wary of this happening to us. According to my research, here are the danger signs. When our faith becomes religion, when it becomes all about just being a good person, when we think we're doing God a favour by turning up on Sunday, when we aren't excited by the sermons, You don't have to count this one. When we lose any urge to tell people about Jesus, when we only pray in church, this is Christianity without Christ. How different things are when Christ is at the centre. You can be rich. You can be beautifully dressed. You can see the truth. But how many of us are trying to gain these things without ever coming to Jesus, the one who is the source of them all? So, what is the solution to Jesus being on the outside? In verse 20, he speaks to the church's individual members in turn. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, and he with me. This beautiful invitation is probably the best-known verse in Revelation, although it's often used in the wrong context for evangelistic purposes. Jesus is saying to the members of the church of Laodicea, I want to come back in. It's not my style to force my way but any of you can let me in it's not up to the pastor it's not up to someone else it's up to you it doesn't matter how lowly or humble you are in fact the more lowly and humble the better but if any one of you will hear and repent that will open the door and I will come and have fellowship with you again far from rejecting you I will come in and eat with you that's an extraordinary promise isn't it It doesn't matter who I am in the church I can let Christ come in if one day you find yourself in a Christ-less church don't wait for someone else to do something about it if you can hear jesus knocking then it's you who has to open the door notice this verse is addressed to individuals if anyone hears my voice i will eat with him or her almost invariably commands in the new testament are in the plural jest addressed to the church as a whole. But this offer is very clearly addressed to individuals. Repentance and restoration is an individual business. You cannot repent for me and I cannot repent for you. We have to deal with our failings and our relationship with God on our own. The church may fail corporately but we have to turn to church to Jesus one by one in repentance and trust. So, this evening we've looked at the issues of lukewarmness and self-sufficiency and the result of these is that Jesus was on the outside of the church. I'll ask you a question to ponder over. Are you lukewarm, half hearted, complacent? Or are you on fire and zealous to do the work He has called us to do? Let us examine our hearts, repent of the sin we find there, and recommit our lives to Jesus so that we are loving him with all our heart, mind, strength and soul. The hour is late and the time is short. Amen. I'd like to invite the band up.